Welcome to Raise the Line with Osmosis.org, seeking solutions with leading experts on how to increase healthcare capacity so people can get the care they need during the COVID-19 crisis and beyond. Hi, I'm Shivaglani, and today on Raise the Line, I'm happy to welcome Julia Cheek, the founder and CEO of EverlyWell, which is a health and wellness company that provides at-home lab testing kits and digital physician-reviewed results within days. The FDA just authorized an EverlyWell sample collection kit for COVID-19, and we'll be asking Julia about that test and learning more about what role she sees EverlyWell playing in the changing healthcare landscape. Before I get started, I also wanted to give a shout out to Elizabeth Galbutt, who's an investor both in EverlyWell and Osmosis, and she's the one who put us in touch, as well as share the fact that uh, we were actually in the same section at HBS. Uh, she was B11, I was B16. So Julia, thanks so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me. Excited to uh, chat about EverlyWell and the environment that we're all in right now. So you guys have been very busy the last few months. And before we get into COVID and all the great work you all are doing, do you mind just telling us a bit about your career path and, and what led you to even start this company? Absolutely. I think perhaps most interestingly, I look on paper like a very unqualified person to start a healthcare company or a lab testing company. And so I came to this space really as an individual who had a bad experience in the healthcare system and really looking to innovate on that for patients. And so I think that that both set me up for a bit of idealism, as well as kept me really focused on why I started the company in the first place, which was to help people get access to a great experience and affordable lab tests. But backing up a little bit, I actually had a very traditional career path. I was a management consultant after college. I went to business school at HBS to do something else other than consulting and, and to try to figure out what that was. I happened to be exposed to entrepreneurship in a very big way at HBS. I was part of these years of classes where you had female founders like Katrina Lake, you had many unicorn founders as well. Starting in 2011, it was right after the recession. And so I think that that had a big impact on me and setting me on that course. It was another five years before I had this bad experience in lab testing and in starting EverlyWell, but that really inspired me at business school to start thinking about what company I would start and to really seed this bug that I couldn't get rid of, that I wanted to do something big um, and start a company and then just took the leap once I was really inspired to do something in healthcare. So just briefly, how do you describe Everlywell's mission and where do you see its place in the really broad and, and ever complex healthcare landscape? So when I started Everlywell in 2015, it was really for me um, a very, very focused mission, which was helping everyone get access to affordable lab testing in a digital way. And I saw all these industries like prescriptions, mattresses, groceries, eyeglasses, taking up really a kind of a boring commoditized product and making it something that was accessible for people to use in a way that they could do from home on their own dime, et cetera. And so I knew overwhelmingly our customers would be women. They're usually the buyers of healthcare. I knew that women oftentimes couldn't get answers. They felt ignored in the healthcare system. There's a lot of data around that. And so I thought there's at least a cohort of women where this will be really important for their lives. And so we started out um, very much how we are now with consumer testing, but being focused on helping people get answers for hormone testing, vitamins, dietary and food sensitivity, and then eventually kind of expanded from there in a big way into more essential and diagnostic testing. Um, so we've really stayed on mission. I think what has been 
the most transformative about the business is just that it expanded way beyond what we thought our core market segment was very quickly to serve all Americans in many different age groups. So what are some examples of like the, like how many tests you all offer and whatever stats you can share on how many people you reach to date? I'd love to get some of that info. So we started in 2016 with three tests. Now we have over 30 spanning issue areas from STI testing to vitamin testing, et cetera. And we have over half a million customers. Um, we also have national distribution and partnerships with Target, CVS, Kroger, Humana. And so we've had a lot of success both with dot-com and digital and growing that channel, as well as being able to be a really legitimate partner and build credibility through some of these other major brands that really want to serve people in different ways in healthcare. That's incredible. What a growth story. And there's only three and a half years from three to 30 tests and half a million customers. Right. So the FDA just authorized the at-home sample collection kit that your company makes that can be sent to labs for COVID-19 diagnostic testing. We'd love to hear what the last few months have been like for you all leading up to that announcement and anything else you want to share on how Everlywell is helping with COVID-19. Absolutely. And I know when we had first emailed, I think in March, I said, maybe if we wait a little bit, I'll be able to share a better story, hopefully. So I'm excited that we have this moment to talk about the moment for Everlywell and getting the FDA authorization, as well as our partnership and working with the FDA over the last couple of months. So it has certainly been a journey. We embarked as a company on committing to being part of the COVID-19 response in early March. Um, this was after several weeks of monitoring by our chief medical officer and him actually saying, I think this is going to be a pandemic. Okay. And then now it is. And now it's clear that the U.S. is really under-resourced in testing capacity. And so us then saying, we're going to make the decision as a small startup to jump into this space, um, which is not one that we took lightly and is not one that today, I, you know, I think it's something that we really had to be thoughtful about and couldn't have even fully predicted what we were getting into. Part of the reason we made that decision is, again, going back to what Everlywell really is, we are a technology platform that can aggregate lab capacity on the back end. And that becomes really important when you think about the challenges that the U.S. was facing specific to getting people tested for COVID. You had areas that were overrun, areas that didn't have capacity. Then you had other pockets in the country that had plenty of testing capacity. And so how could we serve as a platform that could help alleviate some of these different rate limiters that we were seeing? So that's why we decided to get involved. From there, that involved launching a healthcare provider collected kit and then working with the FDA once they made it clear that they wanted home kits to have explicit EUA authorization, working with them over a two-month period on the first of this type of authorization. And really, they helped us define a path of how this would even be available for a company like Everlywell that isn't a lab. And so that was a about a two-month process and one that at the end of the day, we were committed to, but we didn't have guaranteed success in. And so we're really excited now that we can serve people in a different way and really demonstrate, I think, why Everlywell's platform exists, um, is to be able to have this scale and this reach and test millions of people for such an essential need. That's pretty amazing, the, the speed at which you all did this. So now that it's authorized, what does that mean? Right. And like, what does the next few weeks and months look like in terms of your operations? So I think the authorization is really the first step and it feels like a milestone, but for us, the milestone is really getting people tested in a large and scalable way who need it. And so for us, it was the first step to say, okay, 
now we can commercialize our inventory. Now we can build, um, and now we can start to make this available to individuals to get tested. And so we have launched a, a small amount of inventory. It's available on our website. We're working with employers and healthcare providers, and we will be obviously monitoring the product and then scaling to hundreds of thousands of units in uh, very shortly in the coming days. And so for us, a big limiter still, it's both the opportunity of our EUA, but the limitation of the EUA is we have what is a bit of an umbrella EUA to add labs, any lab in the US who meets the criteria and gets the FDA authorization can be part of Everly Wells at home collection model. This is a really, really novel concept that allows Everly Well to help other labs reach this scale without having to build out distribution and fulfillment, without having to build out consumer technology and results, things that they don't need to do to deliver their value in COVID testing. But what that means is we need to add additional labs. And right now we have two, so we can process about you know, 100,000 samples a week, but we want to be, be able to support millions of samples and get to that scale. So it, the authorization was the start of a lot of work operationally to be able to get this to mass production. And so you'll, you'll see us continue to build that in the coming months. Wow. Um, so you're adding more lab capacity, more lab partners. What does the consumer experience look like, right? If, if I went on and wanted to order it as an individual or as someone who runs a company that wants to order it for my, you know, 80 or so teammates? Right. So I think one of the benefits of Everly Well providing this service is we are the national leader in consumer initiated lab testing. We've spent five years helping people get tested and collect their own sample from home and do that successfully and get it to the lab successfully. Right. And so this is an area of deep user research and expertise that we have built. And it is not easy. And I think sometimes the assumption or the value around engaging with an individual to get them to run through the process and do it successfully, that is oftentimes um, oversimplified. And so we have been able to draw on all of our experience to create an experience that we hope is really easy, but that we'll also be iterating on. And so you can go to our website, you complete a questionnaire according to CDC guidelines for qualifying for a test kit. That will be updated as CDC guidelines are updated um, and in conjunction with our independent physician network. And then you order a kit. It arrives at your home either overnight or priority two-day shipping. And you collect a very short nasal swab. It's about an inch. You put it in a tube and you drop it off uh, the same day, very important, at an overnight priority drop box, a UPS drop box. And you have your results uh, 24 to 48 hours after that. And so you get that on a digital experience. It is diagnostic. It's a RT-PCR test. So it tells you if you have the virus present or not. And then um, if you're positive, you, there's always a telemedicine consult available to you. If you're positive, that is a proactive consult in order to guide you through next steps. And so it is really a simple process. It is not unlike a 23andMe end-to-end experience, but it is very important that users understand the shipping and the timeframes here because part of what the FDA is evaluating for these home kits is making sure that the samples are stable and accurate upon lab arrival. And so we have to monitor that in addition to making sure that you as an individual can do this successfully. It takes about two minutes. Yeah. And and you've mentioned something that's really important for anyone, for any consumer healthcare company, it's mm-hmm. the it's in the it's in the name consumer, right? And are consumers educated enough about how to 
appropriately collect the sample, send the sample in? Um, you know, how do we know they're swabbing their noses versus their cheeks? And so I'm curious, what's the role of education, you know, that, that Everlywell has in terms of educating the patient about not only test collection, but then when the result comes back, are these physicians that you all have hired on staff or are they kind of, you said a physician network uh, or do you work with other telemedicine companies that do this? Yeah, I think that education is the most important role that, that Everlywell in general plays for consumers and individuals around lab testing because we not only have created a category here, but we have to educate people more broadly on why these tests, how they're accurate, how they can be done from home, educate them on how to do it, make sure that they understand how to be successful. So even with our other tests, that is core to our competencies um, and is even more so here to your point. And so the good news is the FDA has required a number of additional assay controls that really minimizes false negatives. And instead, in very rare cases, but you may have a sample not result, and we would send you a replacement kit as opposed to getting a wrong result. So that is a differentiation. If you're self-collecting at home, we would rather you recollect and not give you a definitive result than give you a false positive. Um, and I think that was a really wise evaluation that the FDA put in place with the labs that they're authorizing for our kit. I also think that this is actually one of our easier sample types. It is truly an inch in your nostril swabbing on both sides and then placing into a tube. And there are a lot of studies for influenza that have been done for self shorter nasal swab swabbing and accuracy rates compared to the same person getting collected in a clinical setting with a nasal pharyngeal swab. And so people are capable of doing this well, um, but it is still on us to ensure that they're adhering to shipping guidelines, turnaround times, et cetera. And so that's something that we're monitoring really carefully. And I think that as you look at physicians, so our physician network is independent. We worked with them for four years. Their decision-making is independent of any relationship with us. And I think that's really important. It's why we actually don't have, we do have physicians on staff, but not in that role is because we want people to feel like they're getting an interpretation of a result or a diagnosis, especially with our STI tests from an independent company. Um, and so that's something that we have been very clear about. And um, the FDA also reviewed all of that framework in conjunction with our EUA. So it was really a review of the entire end-to-end -end experience. I mean, one thing I, that, that really strikes me is how Everlywell fits in is you know, everyone's talking about flatten the curve. That's been mm -hmm. a part of the vernacular for some time. And clearly it's why we're all in our houses uh, taking these calls. You're helping people flatten the curve by not actually having to go to a healthcare facility to get tested because they can do it at home through the Everlywell platform. But then the reason we call this podcast Raise the Line is it's essentially mm -hmm. the other equation is how do we increase healthcare capacity? And so to be able to not just you know get more labs on a platform like Everlywell, but then to scale out testing from 100,000 a week to millions a week, as you guys mm -hmm. are trying to do, uh, it seems like you're hitting both sides of the, that equation. So that's pretty pretty impressive and well aligned with what you know what we're trying to do here too. Yeah, I think it's it's a really important point because suddenly in March the entire country was very concerned about the uh, intricacies of medical testing supply chain details, right? And, and that is something that we have understood the complexities around for years. And us serving as this middle platform, I think, and I'm, I'm speaking here for how I think the policymakers are viewing our, our technology, is that 
we're enabling labs that would never be able to provide a service around COVID testing to be part of the solution. And so it's really a process to allow scaling of testing. It's not to, to align Everly well as the company that can scale that we're a startup, right? That would not make sense. It's providing the ability for others to be part of the response. And I think that that is what we're most excited about. Um, and that's been our core model for years. And so it's really something that we feel demonstrates why Everly well is in business and something that we're hopeful can be a big part of the overall testing response. Totally. Um, and so I'm sure, you know, over the next few weeks, you're going to see massive increases in the, the COVID-19 testing. But do you also see, because everyone's staying at home, mm. have you seen like a massive increase in the STI or hormonal and other kinds of tests that you all offer? It has been interesting and I think maybe unsurprising. We have seen drastic increases in our core business, specifically around essential testing. Um, STI, blood sugar, cholesterol, even, you know, vitamin D has been in the news quite a bit, vitamin D, indoor, outdoor allergy, um, tests that, you know, I feel having looked at the telemedicine uh, data, as well as the prescription increase, uh, home delivery prescription data, and then testing data, I feel that there's a quite a stickiness to this experience that once you do it, um, you're fairly likely to be a long-term convert to healthcare in the home. And so I think that is the question is how much of these trends stay in the home. The pandemic will be with us for some time, but even as things start to free up a little bit and people get out of their homes, my prediction is that quite a bit of at least core healthcare management and services will remain in the home for some time. Um, and so I think we are, we are looking at how can we serve people in a much bigger way, even through the rest of our testing. And, you know, for, for example, we don't offer insurance reimbursement right now. Can we partner um, nationally with telemedicine companies to be the testing solution for them? Because people don't want to go into a brick and mortar lab. Um, and so those are all things that we're thinking about as we want to make Everly Well part of the core healthcare paradigm now, instead of something that people use on the fringes when they can't get answers elsewhere. Definitely. That makes a lot of sense. And so, you know, a lot of our audience are current and future healthcare professionals and right. most of them, especially the, the, the ones who we're actively training right now are pretty excited and maybe even consumers of direct to consumer type healthcare, but there are some elderly or like, uh, you know, other voices that don't really like providing all of this access to consumers directly, whether it's Fitbit data or mm -hmm. uh, ECG, a live core type ECG uh, mm -hmm. data. Um, where do you stand and where, where do you see healthcare yeah. going in terms of direct-to-consumer models? It's a really great question about direct-to-consumer healthcare. And we've heard patient engagement, personalized medicine, all of these kind of catchphrases for so long and probably for at least a decade. And I think that my view and the, the mission of Everlywell is the belief that people have a right to data about their bodies. It does not mean that they have a right to make whatever decision or treatment that they want to make. That does, in many cases, especially if it can do harm, of course, absolutely require um, a physician. But I do think that people have a right to their data. They have a right to these services. And most importantly for Everlywell, they have a right to know how much it will cost. And that is why we have never worked with insurance reimbursement. That is the stories that we hear from our consumers every day. And I find it to be just this complete distraction when people say that, you know, people shouldn't have access to these services. That's not the core of this issue. It's access, it's transparency, and it's pricing availability. And the fact that you as an American can get a $10,000 lab bill for a CBC panel is completely egregious. And that's really where we draw the line as we think about our values and why this is important to people to have access to. 
that resonates extremely well with us. Um, you know, our, our vision at osmosis is everyone mm-hmm. who cares for someone will learn by osmosis. And that's because we started mm-hmm. with medical and nursing and PA students and professionals, but really it's about patients as well. Like ultimately, I think the more engaged consumers and patients are uh, understanding cholesterol, understanding STI uh, transmission through Everly Well, through learning through osmosis, the better the outcomes will be because then they're actually engaged and they're doing preventative measures. And, you know, that's one thing COVID we've seen has accelerated on our side as well. It's just a broader interest in understanding healthcare um, and, and one's own kind of susceptibility to COVID as an example. It's such an important point. And one thing that we see with some of our senior populations is we provide a colorectal cancer screening home kit. And people who use that kit are twice as likely when they have a positive result to have their colonoscopy done. And that is a great example of how convenience and accessibility and data can drive an action that is life-saving in many cases. And so I think that that linkage and, and one of the things we're focused on is how can we share more of that real world data? How can we help bring the usage of these tests into closing care gaps and improving outcomes? And I think that's the next evolution for Everly Well as we continue to grow and scale. That's incredible. That's a great mission. So, um, well, I know I've taken up a, a good amount of your time. I'm curious, do you have any other final thoughts or comments you'd like to share with our audience? You know, I think one of the one of the reasons I was particularly excited about this podcast opportunity is because I spent so much of my time speaking in more consumer forums and the role of Everly Well in healthcare has changed overnight. And our goal is to be a platform that healthcare providers not only recommend but advocate for and that they see value in. And we know that um, about 25% of our customers today are, are coming through their own healthcare provider, but we would love to engage and take feedback and be able to really integrate in a, in a more thorough way and not be just part of the ecosystem, but be an essential service. Awesome. Well, I'm hoping, you know, again, our audience are primarily current or future healthcare professionals and yeah. the work you all are doing is, is really inspiring. So with that, Julie, I'd like to really thank you for not only the work you're doing, but taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us today. Thanks for having me. So with that, I'm Shiv Biglani. Thanks for checking out today's show. And remember to do your part to flatten the curve and raise the line. We're all in this together. For more information on how you can help raise the line and flatten the curve, go to osmosis.org slash COVID-19. If you like this podcast, please share it on your social channels. You can also subscribe to the series and check out all of our podcasts at osmosis.org slash raise the line podcast.